0: radioinfluence.com
1: This is the Valor Hour on Radio Influence. Your weekly glimpse inside all things Valor Fights and a look at what's going on in the rest of the MMA community. Now, here's your host, Tim Loy. Welcome to another edition of the Valor Hour. I'm your host, Tim Loy. We are joined by my co-host, Justin Watson, and Greg Hopkins on the line with us. And we got a big show for y'all today. Is uh, We're about a week out now from BFC 79 that goes down next weekend at the world-famous Cotton Night Show. That's next Friday night, March the 5th. Uh, huge card, real big card, too big. Uh, we are going to talk to a couple uh, participants on that card this evening, both in title fights. Uh, we're going to talk to Samaj Portis here uh, first, here in just a couple minutes, uh, as he gets ready to take on Carter Beekman and, uh, for that 170 title um, that fight was supposed to go down uh, last month. Beat men with a hand injury late, and so we got pushed back a month. And then after that, we're going to talk to the other half of our main event. We spoke to Parker Wadman last week. If you missed that, go back to the archives and check out that interview. He is going to be taking on our guest tonight, the Honey Badger Brandon McGee. They're going for the vacant 155 uh, Valor Amateur Championship Uh, After that, we will uh, bring in Tristan Scarborough for the evening. He'll be sitting in for Jeff Hobbs as we talk about uh, UFC. Uh, We're going to look back at this past weekend's UFC, uh, Blades Lewis uh, event, and then we're going to look ahead to this weekend's UFC. Um, It's an ESPN Plus card. We'll give you our picks and predictions. And uh, and with that, let's get to it, I guess. Let's start things off with that interview, I promised you, and let's get Samaj Portis on the line. Samaj, how's it going, my man? Uh, it's going pretty well, dude. Yeah. I feel great. How about yourself? Uh, ah, we're doing well, man. We appreciate you taking some time out of your uh, final, uh, what I assume is y'all's final hard week of training before, uh, this, this fight next week. Now, of course, you were supposed to fight Carter, uh, back at the February event a couple weeks ago. Uh, Carter had a uh, last minute hand injury, uh, something he reaggravated aggravated there, the, uh, the week of the show. So it got pushed back to this week. So it's, it's kind of like you've been in, uh, an extended training camp at this point, huh? Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But um
1: other than that everything uh is going
2: pretty well, you know. Uh still training, still pretty solid, you know, still working on cardio tank, you know. Uh it's just just keeping up the part, you
1: know, just staying ready for the champion. You know, that's Absolutely. all that's so, Yeah. <laughs> now you're undefeated coming into this thing uh, You know uh, No, ha- Haven't tasted defeat yet You've looked great in the Valor cage uh, Showing some huge knockout power uh, And uh, some well-rounded ability as well Your your la- second fight out You got a submission And you showed some wrestling Got some more uh, cage time in uh, Before we go into this uh, this upcoming fight Let's uh, let's recap that a little bit man. Take us back through this last fight Where you took out uh, Shlomo Boyd To get that number one contender spot and Shlomo since has gone on to the turn- pro, uh talk
0: a little bit about that
2: fight. Uh yeah. Um <laughs> with that fight, yeah, with Slomo Boyd, uh pretty awesome. He was a a very tough opponent, you know, very tough, you know, cardio is great, strength is great. And um, you know, I wish uh if anything, I wish that I could have put on a much more dominating performance. I had a lot of things that was uh that I had to overcome in that fight, but I was I was still satisfied with the victory anyway. Um but uh with that being said, uh trust me, that it was it wasn't easy. I went through a lot of fight camps uh just to get that victory, you know, hardcore work with um Warlords uh fight club, which is my main gym where I um where I train at and uh down in Carroll, of course. And uh going down to Buckeye Fitness Club, you know, Endeavor Defensive and Fitness and everything. Uh, which is really great. They teach a lot of jiu-jitsu down there. Very, they're very welcoming. Uh, VO2 as well, you know, gym, uh, Lashley's training center and all that. So, uh, yeah, this <laughs> is a uh, third-round submission. You know, you got something out of that. <laughs> I was pretty surprised that I, uh, I, be- I came out as uh, the main event as well. That was uh, pretty cool
1: so you know uh for our listeners out there that aren't familiar with, with you we've talked about you on the on the previews of shows coming up and that kind of thing but uh if you would uh, kind of we'll backtrack a little bit and if you would give our listeners a little background on uh you know how you got into mma you know you're undefeated so far uh you showed off uh what looked to be some wrestling here this last uh this last uh fight uh talk a little bit about your your athletic background and kind of what brought you to uh, to the sport
2: well, pretty much what brought me to the sport was, you know, like I've always been into it, and um, you know, I have years of wrestling experience since I was 12 years old. You know, started uh, starting seventh grade, and just from there, um, you know, I looked in I looked into MMA because um, you know I wanted to keep myself, you know, going with some kind of athleticism. You know, it's just uh, Athleticism is something that keeps me very focused, you know, and and maintains, you know, my lifestyle and what I want to do as far as staying fit, you know. And um, with that, uh, me being into MMA, uh, thanks to my cousin, he actually has the connections, knowing that he has a background himself in martial arts, um, Northern Wind, uh, Dojo, and whatnot, Kun Town, Salat, you know, Kung Fu, and all that. So he pretty much spotted me in. He's like, "Hey, cousin. Like, he's like, did you still want to? You know, gave me a call. He's like, you still want to? You still want to do this thing?" I'm like, "Hell yeah! Let's, let's go!" <laughs> and uh, that's how I got, that's how I managed to get into the OCL. My uh, my first debut as a middleweight fighter, and uh, they were um, in Columbus. They were pretty uh, high energy, you know, very welcoming, and uh, yeah. <laughs> I so, yeah. love it,
1: man. I love it. So what, you know, what are your, uh, what is your, what's your long-term goals here? Obviously, you know, short-term girl uh, taking this title here, uh, next week, but is this, uh, you know, is this something that you want to see how far you can go with eventually turn pro, uh, you know, or is it, is it something that you're just kind of doing to, to stay in shape? You know, where, where are you trying to go with this whole thing? I
2: definitely want to turn pro the idea right now, you know, it's like one fight at a time, you know, and every fight that I have, As far as experience, you know, me being in the cage, uh, you know, just, uh, I want to continue to get better. You know, every fight I want to continue to evolve. I want to continue to surprise the fight fans and, you know, just, just all the spectators, everybody who's watching. I I want them to know that, you know, I'm definitely here to stay in the game of, you know, what I fell in love with because mixed martial arts is definitely my passion, um, I just uh I just want to be one of the best, you know
1: what I'm saying? Aiming for you know the, one of the greatest of all time. That's what really, whatever really you want. I love the mindset. Like yeah, it's awesome. I love it. So let's talk a bit about this fight next week, man. Uh you'll be uh you'll be the co-main event uh here in Knoxville. You make your uh, return back to the Cotton Eye Joe, uh, a place that you've had a lot of success so far. You're taking on the champ Carter Beekman. I know you're familiar with him. You've seen you've seen his fights. And you guys are are in a way similar because you both have proven knockout power uh you guys can both uh, you know knock somebody out you've shown that but you've also got some wrestling in your back pro- in your back pocket uh both of you guys as well so i'm really excited for this uh break it down for us man talk a little bit about this fight
2: well for this fight um well <laughs> uh,
1: I'm sorry my excitement is getting it, uh getting
2: to me but uh for this fight we definitely want to um you know I'm saying uh I'm willing I'm we're willing to stand up with the guy we want to see what uh what we can manage you know I so said whatever comes knockout submission decision you know either way we will definitely be satisfied with what we can get so the the thing is pretty much just to flow into everything so uh whatever comes you know uh, we'll be ready for him because we know that uh. He's, uh, he's also a knockout on himself, likes to come forward. He's willing to bring the fight to you at any cost, like right? all angles and everything. The guy, I can pretty much tell that he has, a, he has a cardio tank himself, and he's not willing to back down. So he's a champ for a
1: reason, and I can respect that. I'm just ready for him. Oh man, I can't wait for it, man! I'm I'm super pumped. Uh, before I let you go, man, I want to let you give some uh, give some love to the people that deserve it around you. You know the uh, you know the training partners, friends, family that support you. Uh, any sponsors that you have, um, I'll I'll let you uh, I'll let you give some shout outs, man, and then wrap that up by letting our listeners know where they can follow your social media to keep up with your uh, with your fights.
2: Oh, most definitely.
1: Uh,
2: well, let me uh, give a shout out to a few of these guys right here that has been. Work who I've been working with uh, for the longest now, you know, uh, people like Chris Miner and uh, international jiu-jitsu champion himself, Jeff Davis, who was also the owner of Warlords Fight Club uh, down here in Carroll, um, and uh, some great boxing with Corey uh, Delaney, who's also a pro. Uh, Jiu-Jitsu work with Derek um, uh, Derek Myers, people like Joey Stoder, uh, working with people like Dak Cook, that's also a uh, uh, a member of team chaos working with people like Skylar Bray. Um, also, um, also i to give a shout out to, uh, uh, physical fitness center. I, um, Isaiah sports, you know, working with Ty- Tyrell Crawford, you know, and my sponsors, bullet shots, you know, Buckeye, uh, fitness, Fight uh, Club, clubs and stuff like that. You guys are awesome. You know, um, VO2 Endeavors to Fitness and Fitness, Jiu Jitsu, Lashley's Training Center. You guys are awesome as well. Just want to give you guys a shout out as well. You know, Work on everybody. I love you guys. Thank you for supporting me. I want to thank my family. I want to also thank God. I want to thank my 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 coach, my my managers, everybody, everybody who helped me support me through everything. Love you guys. Fight fight fans, love you guys too. I cannot wait to see you guys. Let's go.
1: Well said, my man. Well said. I can't wait for it. Again, uh, you can you can catch Samaj in action in about a week. At this point, he'll be going down at uh, VFC seventy nine. Uh, coming down from Ohio, looking to take that strap back with him, taking on Carter Beekman in the co-main event. Uh, if you can make it live, you can get your tickets at com. Make sure you select Samaj's name from the menu so he gets credit. And if you can't be there live, you can uh, catch the live stream at uh, VFCMMA.com. Thank you so much for the time. Samaj, can't wait for next week. Thank you. All right. That was Samaj Portis, our first guest for the night. Greg, you uh, have called both of his uh, fights in the Valor Cage. Uh, you saw that big knockout over uh, Julian uh, Julian Lopez, and then also uh, the win over Shlomo Boyd, taking on a guy that you know very well in Carter Beatman. Uh You know, uh, what's your thoughts on this fight after uh, hearing from Samaj? Uh,
3: I mean, he sounds uh, you know well grounded for this fight. He doesn't seem too over eager for it, even though I know he's been training a long time. You know, we're going to see the first time Carter Beekman faces adversity, uh, you know, he broke his hand or whatnot, whatever he had done to his hand, he re-injured it right before the last time, uh, hoping he is healthy enough to come back. And I'm assuming he is, and he's not, you know, but with that being said, how much time did he have to take off and how many punches did he have to pull uh, while training for this fight now? Because if he re-injured at hand, that's what I'm worried about. Uh, with that being said, on the other end, um, Samaj is not a, he's been training, he's been training solid. So, uh I, i'm anxious to see how this uh how this goes i don't think it goes the distance. i think we do see a finish uh and, and i think the wrestling is going to be one of the key uh, keys to the uh to the ignition here to start the uh start the finish and uh, it'll probably get finished on the ground that's my prediction i don't know who wins but it's just gonna be it's gonna be a, a scramble to say the least
1: we've got another week till next week to come up with your official prediction uh, for that one, so uh, let's get on to our next guest. We got one more guest tonight before we get into uh, some some UFC talk, and uh, that is going to be the other uh, title fight. And we talked to his opponent, Parker Wadman, last week. Let's get the Honey Badger, Brandon McGee, online. Brandon McGee, what's going on, my man?
4: Hey, man, just getting some training in.
1: Uh, I actually just stepped out the door now to answer his phone call. Feeling good, feeling good. One week out, I assume you're uh, in the putting the final uh, finishing touches on the uh, fight camp, getting that last hard push.
4: Yes, sir. Uh, Been getting a couple miles in a day. Uh, Make sure I'm training a couple of times a day. Feeling real good, man. Uh, Muscles ain't sore. Um, I ain't took really any time off since uh, Jaime Vasquez. uh, You know, I was supposed to defend the title uh, March 12th down in Nashville. And then, uh, you know, that fell through. And then uh, you gave me this opportunity, and I sure appreciate that. And uh, like I said, man, no time off. Uh, Just got right back after it, and I'm ready to go.
1: Well, uh, you know, to, to our listeners aren't familiar with that kind of, that backstory, essentially, you know, you were set, you were set to fight, um, Alex Bergande for the Valor. Uh, strap that you're about to fight for, uh, a few months back Bergande had a shoulder injury that took him out of action with, uh, with the surgery. So he's on the men now, but, uh, you know, that left you without an opponent at the time. Uh, you went to uh, Tyler Edwards primal combat show out in Lebanon at the end of the year last year in December, knocked off, uh, a very, very, very experienced and tough vet. In, uh, in Vasquez uh, And uh, you know Let's talk a little about, about that before we get into this fight You know you dropped a 145 for that fight Which was a challenge in itself And now you've kind of proven to yourself you can do it uh, You know talk about that fight with Vasquez uh, Jamie Vasquez is, he had probably 15 fights a lot more experience than you uh, And just kind of one of those Those crafty vets You know he's not overwhelming anywhere But he's tricky everywhere and you can't let your guard down But you had in my opinion one of your best performances Ever
4: yeah, man. Uh, for sure. Uh, I wasn't too sure on what to expect from him because I knew he, like you said, he had a lot of experience on me. He had, you know, seven more fights than me, and uh, I just trained hard for it. I looked up some of his fights to try to, you know, see what I was in for. And uh, like you said, the uh, the cut, the one forty five is the challenge itself. And uh, I actually felt pretty good that next day. I gained around eighteen pounds after I cut to 145 and well and uh, I come in round 163 164 and Tommy was a very good opponent man uh I just I trained really hard and I just tried to do everything I could I come in just ready I guess more prepared which I knew that he was going to be a very tough opponent like I said uh I just come in I ended up the better
1: man one of I was bragging on you a lot that night, man, because you really just kind of uh, seemed to turn a corner. You you've always kind of had uh, you know the uh, reputation for having that good motor, that aggressiveness, you know. Uh, but this time it seemed like you fought a really nice, smart game plan, and you you know you grinded on him. You kept that that pace. You stayed in his face. You didn't let him have any room to really uh, out finesse you, if you will. Uh, and I thought it was a really, really nice, uh, really nice one there. I got uh, Greg Hopkins on the line with me. He's called probably all of your fights if not you know the majority of them greg what you got for the honey badger
3: now i was i mean i don't really even remember how i picked against him i knew he had a tough fight and in, in, uh in primal combat last time and he did take that strap uh but this time i mean uh, as far as this fight comes up for your opponent um where do you know he's weak where do you know he's strong what are you looking like i mean for this fight itself like uh I mean, where are your advantages at? Where are your disadvantages? Like, help us out here. Paint a
2: picture for us.
4: Um, as far as Parker Wadman goes, uh, you know, I know he's a come forward fighter as well. He he's a very tough wrestler. I know he's going to be looking to take me down. So I've been I've been really working my sprawls, trying to get my hips in. You know, digging for underhooks, just getting ready for that takedown. You know, uh, I know that he likes to throw as well. Um, so. I'm just going to look for him to expose his hips and if you will, I'm i I'm to take him down, you know, do a little ground and pound. If I have to, I'll, I'll stand up as well. I'm comfortable standing. I've been working. my stand up game a little more. You know, I'm a come forward fighter, um, throwing that right hand. Uh, so, uh, like I said, I look for it to be a real tough fight. I have respect for Parker. Um, you know, the KMA guys. So, uh, I fought a couple of them, as a lot of people know. Garrett Sharp, Daniel Bailey—they're both real tough opponents, right? Um, right. But I looked to come—I looked to come on top for the, against Parker. Man, I, there's no way I'm walking out of the cage without that strap.
3: Hey, man. With that being said, uh, I know that you have the nickname Honey Badger. How many nicknames have you had before you settled with that? And who gave it to you? or How'd you earn it? Uh, can you tell us
2: about that?
4: <laughs> yeah, man. I—I um, I actually never had a nickname until the Honey Badger. Uh, you know, I was. Uh, A lot of people know um, Roy King just passed away. Uh, I was going up to Johnson City uh, training with those guys. And uh, Showtime, Stephen News, actually, who gave me the nickname, you know, all them guys had uh, 10 years experience on me. I was training with Adam Townsend, uh, Roy King, uh, Showtime, uh, Dustin Long. I was training with a bunch of those guys. You know, they all have big experiences, uh, been to the big stage, uh, and I got in there. At the time, I didn't even have a fight, man. Uh, I only had a grappling match. And uh, I jumped in there, started sparring with them. You know, they would hit me, and i just keep coming. And uh, Steve-O told me, he said, man, you're the honey badger. And I just kind of looked at him. I was like, what? He was like, he's like, man, you just don't care. He was like, you got hit by them guys. You know, I was hitting you. He's like, you ain't even had a fight yet. And he was like, and you're still coming forward against guys that's got 10-plus years experience on you. He's like, you just don't care. You're the
1: honey badger. Like,
4: Heck yeah, man. Uh, I'm good with
1: it, you know. <laughs> I like it, man. I can dig it. You know, uh, that that's one thing that we talked about last week with your opponent, Parker Wadman. Well, I very respectful, just as you've been. You know, he knows you're a tough guy uh, and expects a really good fight out of you. The way you guys are kind of built are as far as just like your motor and you, you don't really take steps backwards. I think it makes for a really exciting fight for the fans no matter what. Uh, You know, both of you guys also are, oddly enough, are guys that, like, probably have eyes set on – fighting at 145 when you turn pro, I would imagine. So it's, you know, you should still be relatively sized up, you know, pretty close. Um, you know, any, any prediction here, Mandy, is this a fight where you, uh, where you feel confident enough to, 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 make a prediction on it? Or is, is it one of those, you just going to kind of, you know, go out there and, and let the chips uh, fall where they may. You, one thing I'll say is you fought very tough guys. I put you in there with, with really tough guys. And, and that's by design, obviously, you know, you, uh, you want to see that, that really tough competition before you turn pro.
4: Yeah, man. Um, like I've said once before, I, I don't care who you pair me up with. I just – I want them to be tough. So, I guess in that way, I do care because I don't want – I don't want to go against these guys that I, I know aren't up to my level. I want to face guys that are actually above my level because I'm I'm constantly trying to get better. And, you know, if I'm a fight guys that's lower than my caliber, it's not – not doing anything for me. So um, I'm always willing to try to fight somebody that's better than me. Um, Like once I go pro, it's definitely going to be, it's going to be a better, better for me because, you know, fighting these guys that's higher ranked than me, it's, it's going to help my, my pro career and help me get ready. And um, as far as the prediction goes for me and Parker, um, I definitely don't want it to go to decision. That's for sure. Uh, I'm, I'm going to come in, do do what I do best, and um, just keep grinding, man. I come forward, you know, I'm, my, my gas tank's there. Uh, I try to prevent from being tired, and even if I end up getting tired, which, you know, I, I normally don't, but, you know, even, you know, three rounds in the middle of that third round, you know, start breathing a little heavy, um, I try not to show it. So um, as far as the prediction goes, I'd, I'd like to not. I'd like to see it not get out of third round for sure. I know Parker's got a gas tank. He comes forward. He's a very tough opponent. I respect him. Uh, but yeah, I definitely don't want to see it get out of the third.
1: Awesome, man. I'm, I'm excited for it. And I love your mindset here. You know, if you don't test yourself before you make that jump to the pros and you're going to be shell shocked when you when you go into that that caliber. So, you know, you're seeing everything at this point, which is good. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes from here. Man, one of my, one of my favorite prospects down there in the amateurs, I got to say, before I let you go, I want to let you uh, give some shout outs where they're due. Uh, you know, any friends, family, training partners, sponsors and the uh, you know, the like. Know, give, some, uh, give them some love and then uh, let our listeners know where they can follow your social media. Yeah,
4: man. Um, I want to give a shout out to my coach for sure. Uh, Buddy Morgan, uh, my teammates. They've helped me get ready and you know, helping me grind. Um, all my sponsors, um, Master Tech Heating and Air, Uppercut Barbershop, making Me Tan, all them guys. I appreciate it. Um, you follow me on Facebook at uh, Brandon McGee. You can follow me on uh, Instagram at HB McGee MMA, uh, and yeah, man, uh, I'm I'm ready for this. Uh, I'm ready to have that around my shoulder, and uh, I appreciate you giving me a call, man.
1: All right, and your social media?
4: Uh, yeah, um, I don't have a Twitter, but my Instagram. Follow me at a uh, HB McGee MMA, uh, and uh, I don't have a fan page on Facebook, but you can look me up, Brandon McGee, uh, and
1: I I appreciate a follow, guys. Awesome. This has been one half of your main event at next week's VFC 79, uh, March 5th from the world-famous Cotton Eye Joe battling for that 155 strap which has uh, been changing hands a lot lately. It seems like some a lot of really good fighters have had that belt lately. Uh, he'll be taking on Parker Wadman. You can watch the fight live and in person. That's the best way. And you can get your tickets at fighter ticks with an X.com. Make sure you put Brandon's name uh, as your fighter so he gets the credit. And then, uh, of course, if you can't be there live, you can watch it uh, live uh, on the uh, stream on the pay-per-view, VFCMMA.com. Thanks so much for the time, Brandon, and uh, best of luck next weekend. Really looking forward to it.
4: I appreciate it, man. Uh, have a good night, Tim Loy. Have a good night, Greg Hobson. I appreciate mm-hmm. pre- ca- – oh, gosh. I appreciate you guys calling me. <laughs> uh,
1: Absolutely. We'll see you soon. All right. Take care.
2: take
1: care. Thanks, buddy. We'll tag you tomorrow. gone. He's gone. He's gone. All right. I'll bring Go. it out of that. <laughs> I'll bring it out of that, and then we'll bring in Tristan. All right. That was hey. Brandon. Oh, okay. Oh, okay.
4: Sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: Okay. All right, that was Brandon McGee, the Honey Badger, getting ready to try to be champ champ, uh, although in two different promotions, it would be two different weight classes. I'm really excited for this one with uh, Parker Wadman. Greg, your take on this one? This is uh, two guys that can wrestle uh, for sure. Uh, This is one of those fights where I, like him, hope it does not go to a decision because the way that this fight plays out, in my opinion, could potentially get wonky on the scorecards.
0: Well, he just talked
3: about how he got his nickname The Honey Badger, and he goes for it all the time. If he's already got it in his mind, like in his mind it's not gonna go to a decision it's not gonna go to a decision, but that doesn't mean he's gonna win the spot uh I think that Parker's wrestling can uh probably uh i think i mean outshine you know the defeat of McGee because last time um I got put in my place. And, uh, and I went against, you know, he was against college wrestling at the time, and I said he was in season. And, you know, Wobbin said, he goes, Greg, I'm always in season. So, would that be? Touche. Yeah. I, uh, and, I, and I didn't get to eat my crow. I, I, I said, I didn't know if I picked against, I think I did pick against Brandon last time he fought in, in Primal Combat. So, uh, I, I had to eat crow there. So, this is two fighters. I've had <laughs> everywhere. everywhere. I've, had to, <laughs>
1: yeah, I've had to eat crow everywhere. So,. <laughs>
3: Uh, I mean, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even take my pick for a chicken dinner, and I still haven't until next week, until to, to we find out on who
1: I pick for that one. So that'd be a tough anyway. one, I think. That's a really hard one to call. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, uh, that will wrap up our interview portion. Let's jump into uh, some UFC chatter. We are uh, conspicuous by his absence this week. The voice of Valor, Jeff Hobbs, will be back next week uh, for a prediction show. So tonight, we've got a special guest we're going to bring on uh, for our uh, UFC preview and recap. And that is going to be a gentleman uh, who just competed, actually, on the last event. He uh, fought in the main event against Torres Finney for that uh, light heavyweight uh, championship. Uh, came up short but put on a great great performance. Another guy that I'm real high on, uh, and that's going to be Tristan Scarborough. How you been, my man? I'm
5: doing great, man. You know, just getting the weight cut under control, Uh, really trying to focus on my diet and getting ready to get back in there. You know, Um, (laughs) I'm just ready to get the next one and get the bad taste out of my mouth
1: oh man I hear you I hear you well you guys put on a great fight a great main event and uh you know you're a UFC fan like the rest of us uh, you and I were texting back and forth last week just kind of you know bullshitting around on uh you know who we thought was gonna win the fights and you came off as uh you know pretty educated and uh, my man jeff Hobbs is out this evening so I was like man let's get Tristan in here and uh and let him uh wrap on some of this stuff so uh so are you you're a hardcore like the rest of us yeah Oh, yeah. I watch every weekend, so
5: <laughs> when you gave me the opportunity, I was like, oh, yeah, I could sit here and talk about this. This sounds fun to me.
1: <laughs> nice, nice. Well, this last weekend, it was the uh, UFC Vegas, Blades versus Lewis, and the main event uh, was a huge upset, guys. Uh, Derek, the Black Beast, Lewis, uh, pretty pretty sizable underdog, I think, in the realm of 275 uh, in, in some circles. It seemed like the line on Blades was dropping pretty quick at the end. I saw him, it go down – to its lowest point right before it went off, and uh, we were all on Blades. Everybody was on Blades. Um, you know that was supposed to be the lock of the week in most people's eyes. For me, I certainly had him keyed in on everything. Had him on all my lineups for uh, for DraftKings. Had him on all my parlays. I was all in on Curtis Blades, and uh, it all came crashing down around me at uh, looks like a minute twenty six seconds of round number two. Uh, another play that I was heavy on last week was the over one and a half rounds, which we came up a minute short. On that as well. So a uh, big win for Derek Lewis, a tough loss for, for Curtis Blades, because, you know, he's he's not the kind of guy that has that fan-friendly style to keep him in the good graces of the matchmaker. So this loss, in my opinion, is really going to set him back to, the uh, you know, several slots back to where he's going to really struggle, I think, to get uh, relevance at the top of the division again anytime soon. Uh, I'll go to you first, Justin, uh, your your take on this. You, uh, you like the rest of us, uh, you were on Blades, yeah?
0: Yeah, man, and, you know, after, after the first round, Blades had decent control. He wasn't getting the takedowns, but he only kind of tried a couple of times, but I think it was just more to get Derek Lewis thinking about something else, um, and, and Blades was content to strike. You know, we talked about last week. I mentioned that Curtis Blades statistically is a much better striker than Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis just has ridiculous power, um, and Curtis Blades was was piecing him up on the feet. Uh, then in the second round, I mean – what he did, what he was doing basically was striking with Derek Lewis. And then now I'm going to wrestle with Derek Lewis. It wasn't, he wasn't striking into his takedowns, um, which was what got him caught. I mean, he shot from several feet out. Um, the punch was crazy though, man, to have that amount of power. Like it didn't even, I haven't seen the right angle on it yet, but it didn't look from any angle. I saw like Derek Lewis landed his fist on Curtis blades, face at all. It looked like he punched him in the chest, maybe gave him a heart attack or something, but, um, what it looked like basically his bicep just crushed Curtis Blades' head, and you know, bent his neck back and put him out. And then those shots afterwards were fucking crazy. Uh, I, I would hate to be Curtis Blades, looking back and seeing myself get hit like that. Those those two shots afterwards.
1: No doubt, man. Uh, Greg, you uh, you also on Curtis Blades also get uh, get burnt. Um, I think that um, in you know in hindsight, if you really kind of think about this. Derek Lewis at one point is a four to one favorite, man. Four to one. That means they're saying that he wins eight out of ten times. And if you really kind of think about the variance of the heavyweights, and we know that Lewis has power, it's kind of foolish, isn't it, to 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 assume that uh, Blades beats him eight out of ten times.
0: Yeah, it yeah. is. But man, I mean, stylistically, I still think Blades wins that fight if he if he fights correctly.
1: Yeah, no, and certainly not saying that he doesn't have a, an avenue to victory. I'm just saying to give four to one. Yeah, you know, Greg, your take.
3: Well, uh, I, <clears throat> I mean, I just I was all over Blades, and um, I mean, I had him everywhere. He, if, if Blades would have won at the end of the night, I would have, I would have been sitting pretty at the end of the night. Like I'm sure everybody else who 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 did bet on Blades, probably followed and parlayed him up with every single fighter they thought was going to win that night. So I had me about, you know, seven round robins going off that I had won earlier with Curtis Blades on the end. And then I looked down at my phone, and he's on top for one round just riding. And I'm like, I'm just going to ride this to the end because I don't think Derek Lewis Lu- – Derek Lewis ain't going to push him up like he does everybody else. And, and I looked back at my phone, and I saw the replay. It wasn't one – it was just – it was like a blink of an eye. But, I mean, that was just – uh what turned my whole what looked to be a great, great night
1: just turned it absolutely shitty. Tristan, uh, you know uh, you're a big guy. The bigger the the bigger you are, the the, the harder you hit. And uh, you know Lewis uh, put it on his chin, literally. Oh yeah, I mean
5: we when we were kind of talking um, on that fight day, I said you know Blades has the most ways to win. You know everywhere the fight went, he had the ability to win. But we saw with Engano that he can get cracked like that, and that's why I I actually had Lewis winning, though it was a little more heart than head, just because I'm I'm a big fan of the guy. But man, when he when he lands right, or even doesn't have to land right, he just has too much power, and he just he just put blades out, and it puts blades definitely in a tough position, man. Because I think he only has one more fight on his contract after this, and like you said, he's not really uh, a fan favorite and he spoke out about fighter pay before and we know UFC isn't real big on that sure and so i really wouldn't be surprised if he ends up maybe in one or something where they you know they're more about the skill than draw there so wouldn't be the worst thing for him but it's definitely a tough position
1: yeah, yeah, I would agree there. And he doesn't really kind of have the not saying that Bellator wouldn't sign him, but he doesn't really have he's not like, he's not a fan favorite. He's not a guy that really moves the needle, you know, as far as uh, being like a guy that it's like must see TV, you know, so. Could be a spot for him for sure. Running down the rest, uh, we'll run down the rest of this this main card, and I'll uh, I'll go around the horn, and then we'll do the prelims real quick, and we'll move on to this next. Uh, we had an upset in this co-main event. I was actually on the right side of this one. A, a nice payout. Yana Kunitskaya gets a unanimous decision win over Ketla Vieira. Uh, Man, she was over 2-1, to one, and that was crazy talk, I thought. Uh, not saying that I knew she was going to win or anything, but odds were certainly skewed. Derek Minter, another upset, another one I was on the wrong side of. Unanimous decision, win, really nice performance over Charles Rosa, who also let a lot of people down, I have a feeling. Uh, Derek Minter was just on him, man. He was just on his ass and uh, wouldn't let him have any room. And Rosa's tough. You know, he he, he, never, uh, he never relented, but uh, just not enough offense. Uh, Chris Dalkis with a uh, with a standing TKO over Alexei um as a favorite there, and uh, you know just too big, too athletic. Um, these big hitters, Oleinik struggling with now. Uh, Phil Hawes with a majority decision win over Nazardine Imavov That's another fight that I was on the wrong side of. I was on the under two and a half in that fight. I thought surely Phil Hawes was uh, going to uh, was going to gas after one, and uh, Imavov would maybe get him out of there late, but Paul's just kind of he didn't go balls to the wall like he typically does. He was he fought more re- reserved. And then Tom Aspinall, who would have called this, man? Odds on this were probably really solid. Tom Aspinall, rear naked choke, second round over Andre Arlowski in that. Uh man. I don't know right off the top of my head, but I'm guessing you made a lot of money if you uh if you played Aspinall by submission in the second, especially. Uh we'll go to Greg first. Any thoughts on uh the rest of this uh rest of this main card?
3: I was looking back. Uh, I had, you know, I had Skelly for one big dog, and that, that, that fight right there was oh, – oh, we're talking about the main card right here. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: we were – uh, yeah, main card. Yeah, it's okay.
3: Uh, well, Imovov, I, I was on the wrong side of the Imovov fight. Uh, I had Chris Dawkins. Um, I'm sorry. And uh, I was actually uh, with you on the co-main event with Yana. I was on the wrong side with Rosa. Uh, we both had Dawkins there. Uh, I, I had Evolve. And I uh, also had Aspinall, but I had him by first-round TKO, uh, and I had him to win, though, But so I covered both of them. Uh, other than that, no other plays there. But I, I hate Curtis Blades, though.
1: Yeah, man, Blades still leaving a, leaving a bad taste in my mouth, too. Tristan, uh, what else on the main card stood out to you? You're uh, you're a heavyweight uh, – not a heavyweight, you're going down to midway. You're a big guy. You're a fan of the heavyweights. You got two other uh, main card heavyweight fights, both with finishes. Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, we're kind of seeing the
5: future of the heavyweights uh, really in prime time now. Especially, you know, given what's coming this coming weekend, and then Aspinall, man, those hands, those hands are for real. And then, that, then we get to see what his jiu-jitsu looked like. And he sunk that in so quick. I think really Arlovsky was more frustrated than anything. He couldn't believe that he got stuck in that so quick, and he just had to tap. I mean, he he didn't really feel like he had a way out, and then. Dawkins just came in there and took um, took him out quick too. So we're really seeing what these heavyweights are starting
1: to look like, and I think that that division really does have a great future. Dawkins just kind of came out of nowhere, man. Uh, you know, he's a short notice uh, fighter uh, again in a very like nondescript. Uh, perceived as a low heavyweight fight, low tier heavyweight fight, um, you know, and it comes in like on a short notice and then he gets the finish there, gets another finish out of that. And here he is with three in a row and, uh, started to turn some heads. Uh, Justin, uh, your thoughts on the rest of this main card.
0: I thought Tom Aspinall looked really good. You know, he was pretty dominant in the first round on the feet. Um, had Andre Arlovsky up against the cage, kind of turtled up and just hammered like nine or 10 shots to the rib. Just bam, bam, bam. Um, couldn't get him out of there, you know, but had to go to the second round and hit that smooth double leg, and Andre just had no idea. I mean, he, he, that was never a thought in his mind that, hey, this guy's about to put a choke in, um, and Aspinall barely really put it in. I mean, he just kind of grabbed the choke and squeezed, and when you're that big and you have it under the chin like that, I mean, there was nowhere for, for Andre Olofsky to go. Um, you know, a, a supremely high-level jiu-jitsu black belt would have been – able to get out of that maybe uh you know he didn't have his hooks in or anything like that but uh, I think Andre was just totally taken off guard and and caused it to cause him to submit uh I had Imanov third round TKO and what I don't know what the hell he was doing he had Phil Hawes in so much trouble at the end of the fight um and he just kind of let him survive to the end of the round I couldn't believe it but um those are two two prospects you know that I think we're gonna see more of in the future, but both guys are going to really have to work on their cardio. Uh, they're both pretty fucking tired um, in in that third round. Chris Dawkins looked great. Uh, Olenek has kind of always struggled with strikers. Dawkus said coming into it, you know, um, Olenek's got, you know, subpar striking and I'm, I'm going to try to expose that first and foremost. And uh, Chris Dawkus is a black belt in jitsu as well. So, um, you know, it wasn't, I don't think he was afraid to go to the ground with our, with uh, Olenek, but, He knew that was Olenek's one path to victory, so Olenek kind of tried to pull guard one time, and uh, Dawkins just kind of shrugged it off and um, got the TKO uh, to finish that fight, so he'll probably line right up for uh, Tom Aspinall. This is two guys who are still earlier in their career, Um, so you might want to try to hold them off a few more fights and get them into a a contender fight uh, in the next year or so, but um, they were both talking about fighting each other next, so it's, it's a possibility. Uh, I think Charles Rosa, the, uh, the the blueprints out on Charles Rosa. I mean, he's, you know, a pretty decent jiu-jitsu player. And, you know, everybody speaks pretty highly of it. But, man, he just gets dogged the fuck out on the ground. He, he's, he has no answers for anybody. Um, you know, he he got uh, – oh, what's his name? Um, from Arkansas. I can't remember. But anyway, he had him in, you know – Tangled up. Uh, I think he got a uh, twister on on Charles Rosa, right? Um, uh, oh, oh, oh uh, Bryce Mitchell. He tried. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, Bryce Mitchell. He, he, never, did, fin- he did. never finished it. I, I can't remember know. if he finished it on he finished it on somebody. I can't remember if it was Charles Rosa yeah. or not. But um, he was going for it like crazy. If he didn't finish that one, and I, I don't think so. I think he he didn't get it, but he just got like a thirty twenty six unanimous decision, just dominating Rosa on the ground. Um, so I don't I don't expect much more from Rosa after this. Uh, and one of the biggest things that uh, I kind of wanted to talk about was uh, the, the co-main event. I've seen a lot of people pretty upset, you know, or not super upset, I guess, but a lot of people saying that Vieira won the fight. Um, and, you know, she was in dominant positions for more of, you know, the majority of the fight. She definitely won the first round. Kuniskaya won the second round. And it came down to the third round where Ketlin was on top the majority of the time. But We've talked about this a lot. When you get a takedown, if you're just laying there holding the person in position, you know, you're not scoring points. So if that person underneath you is throwing elbows, throwing hammer fists, that person's winning those positions. Um, and that's what ended up happening. You know, Kalen Vieira was, was pouring blood at the end of the fight. Um, and if if the fight wouldn't have been stopped, Kalen Vieira would have been finished pretty soon because she would have lost so much blood. You know, Yannick and Sky was nowhere close to the end. So. Um, I think that that weighs really heavy and and is now starting to uh, weigh heavier on judges than it has in the past, which is a good thing.
1: All right, moving on to the uh, prelims here for this this card. We'll see here. We'll uh, run through these super quick guys. Uh, the uh, main prelim was Jared Gordon getting a unanimous decision win as an underdog against Danny Chavez. I was fortunate to be on Gordon in that spot at plus money. That was nice. Not on the next one, though, as uh, John Castaneda knocks out Eddie Wineland in the first round, late in the first round. Wineland may be shot, man, I guess. It sucks seeing him get getting floored like that over and over again. But good win for Castaneda uh julian Arrosa with a big knockout over nathan train land our guy man i was on nathan train heavy there by knockout himself but uh you know just a little wild in this one he was in he was in the you know in the in the mix there and uh, arosa is so long and tall man uh just a lot longer and taller and threw that big knee up the middle hit him perfect now that's two times nathan train's been knocked out by a flying knee but that's that's uh, that's rare uh, so I was on the losing side of that, but as well, Casey O'Neal uh, with a fairly dominant performance over Shannon Dobson. I really liked her line there. I jumped on that pretty good there late because the money was coming on Dobson. You got O'Neal at like minus 140, minus 150. And then uh, Amon Zahavi with the upset win over Draco Rodriguez with the first-round knockout and opening up the card. Low-level heavyweight, Sergey Spivak uh, just uh, – just completely dominated uh, Jared Vandera with a second round TKO. I don't know that Vandera is long for this promotion. Uh, Tristan Scarborough, your thoughts on the uh, prelims? Yeah, the
5: prelims are pretty good. I mean, we got, you know, mostly finishes, all but one. So everybody put on pretty good shows. There were a lot of them were early too. a lot of first round finishes. Uh, Eddie Wineland, you know, <laughs> I wonder if that – That, you know, knockout that he had uh, from Sugar Sean kind of set him up for that. Because, you know, we don't really see him get put out that that bad. And Mm -hmm. that's, you know, back-to-back knockouts. That flying knee was crazy. (laughs) I couldn't believe that happened. And I was actually really looking forward to that fight from our talk. You know, getting to see how that guy, um, how Nate fought. Uh, But, yeah, man, I mean, just as many finishes as you could really hope for. And that's what the especially the casuals are looking for so those
1: guys had good shows yeah for sure that's one of those uh cards you know the UFC had to be happy with from uh as far as putting on uh, good entertaining fights for your uh, layman fans that uh you know aren't the hardcores that's how you turn them into to big fans uh Justin
0: yeah I agree another um nice knockout was uh Eamon Zahabi uh, for us brother he's you know, coming off of a couple of losses, hasn't done that great since he's gotten into the UFC. But um, Draco, Draco missed weight, uh, and then for for Sahabi to land that one punch knockout was uh, was a nice one. Nate, man, it happened just like you were saying, and and like we all kind of talked about is that Nate gets into these just crazy fights, and Erosa's down to do it. So you know, at first Erosa drops Nate, Nate drops Erosa, and then um Nate gets wobbly again and that that flying knee landed on the money um i heard people complaining about the stoppage but i think that was a good stoppage at the thing he landed pretty solid and in that position there's nowhere to go you know you can't really um get out of there um rose is just going to start raining down punches um and i thought jerry gordon looked really really good man um solid dominant performance uh as an underdog in his fight
1: Okay, and uh, Greg, we'll uh, let, we'll let you uh, finish this off here.
3: Uh, just a uh, few little notes. I was on uh, Imavov. That was a you know, and then I I was uh, going to mention earlier. I was on Skelly, and then that was uh, weird. I think that was noteworthy. How, yeah,
1: Skelly's fight uh, didn't happen.
3: He yeah, had the back spasms, you know, coming out, out out to the ring for his opponent there with uh, Emmers. was uh, it was crazy that commission wouldn't let it come out, and uh, Skelly was a plus one eighty, and I. You know, I I was on the fence on that one. That was one of the ones I was on the fence for the week. But I like Skelly, and uh, hopefully we'll get to see them fight in the future. But uh, I guess uh, Spivak is uh, one of the ones that I, uh, helped me out a lot in any parlays that I made for the night. Um, uh, the old Sexy Maxie, uh Castaneda right there, uh, he yeah. was my stand-up bet for that week. He was my guy that uh, that I thought was going to come through, and uh, I, I, I thought Wyman would maybe done. Now, you know, I did have a a, a little little sprinkle on Winland by knockout. Was like or my first round was like plus five hundred and fifty, so I sprinkled a little bit on that just in case, but had uh had uh, sexy maxi everywhere. Uh my letdown for the week also was uh, was Nate. Man, we were all on Nate and uh, you know, I'm a I'm a I'm a Tennessee fan, I'm a Nate fan, and if you ever wanted to know what it's like to be a Vanderbilt fan, just uh ask Tennessee fans, you know, because uh, we were all on Nate that night, man, and uh I had a lot of money right on him, too, and I was let down, dude. I hate that form. Like you said, it's very rare that we see that happen to Nate. Now, I'm just uh, uh, upset by it, but uh, got let down by Nate that night, and uh, everything else, uh, still hate Curse Blades.
1: <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, let's move on to this weekend's card. It is uh, the last card before we get to the next pay-per-view. Uh, the next next card after this is uh, is real good. This is pretty solid one, though. I like it. It's actually lost a lot of a lot of star power. Originally, Dominic Reyes and Yuri Prochka was on this card. That would have been really good. Randy Brown, Alex Oliveira was on this card. That would have been really good. Uh, Alex Oliveira is still on the card, but I was I was a little more intrigued by the uh, by the Randy Brown fight. And then uh, also uh, Rafael Sunsal and Hayoni Barcelos uh, also off this one. So it's lost quite a bit. Still twelve fights. Let's get it rolling from the top. Uh, the main event, Yairzo, Rosenstruck, Cyril Ghan. That is a heavyweight bout. Uh eleven and one taking on Gunn, who's undefeated at seven and o, oh, And uh, and he's also the favorite here. He's uh he's it looks to be in the realm of about two seventy-five uh, around the industry with Rosenstruck coming back plus two twenty-five. Um, I, uh, I I will go first, I guess, here I would Honestly, lean I, at this point towards the underdog Rosenstruck at those odds. Um, I, th- I think that uh, you know he's got more experience. Uh, likely uh, at this point, uh, he's already gone. You know the, the, it, these five round main events, he's no no stranger to. Um, so I, I would go uh, towards Rosenstruck, uh as my my lean at plus two twenty five and uh, the, the over two and a half rounds uh, at even money. I would I would probably lean that way as well, uh, Justin.
0: Yeah, I would go the other way, probably. I was kind of uh, surprised when I saw the. I'm I'm probably not going to play this as a a straight up pick just because the odds are high and it's a heavyweight fight. And both these guys are just big punchers and uh, one shot lands and and it changes the night. But um, I do like uh, Cyril Gahn in this fight. I I think that he just has more ways to win. You know, I don't think is going to go out there and heel hook anybody. Um, Cyril Gahn is just such a a high level athlete. You know, he's been in, in MMA for three years, kickbox for three years prior to that, you know, but, um, and now he's he's in the UFC heel hooking dudes. And um, so, you know, plus he has ridiculous knockout power. Rosenstreich, we've seen him, uh, you know, Alistair, Alistair tooled him up for, you know, 24 minutes and 56 seconds. And then he just landed a a crazy shot at the end of the fight. And, um, you know, Ngano ran straight across the cage and just laid him out. Uh, So, We'll see what happens. Both these guys with a common opponent in JDS, uh, both of them knocking him out in the first or second round there. and I think it's going to be a fun fight, but I I do lean Cheryl gone here. I I just think that uh, he's going to be the next wave, you know, coming out of the same camp that uh, Francis came out of originally. And um, I think this kid's going to be a problem. Greg, your take on the main event. Uh,
3: I'm kind of – hell, I was – Doing the same thing, Justin was. I mean, Rose does has that has that you know that one touch, you know, power, that kill power. And he can he can knock the it touch, out. the touch
1: of death, as it were.
3: That's yeah, it could be. That's the only heavyweight fight on the card of the night. If I'm going to have to bet on anything on this fight, uh, I'm betting on that it doesn't go the distance, which I'm certain is minus four hundred something or less. But uh, and I don't know, man. I think the under and over is one and a half for this.
1: No, two and a half for even money. If you say that the fight goes the distance or does not go – I'm sorry, the fight does not go the distance, is 260.
3: Yeah, well, then there's my play right there. That's, that's a good – that's good. Minus 260 because that's a five-round fight, right?
1: Yep, it is. Love it. All right, and uh, let's we'll finish this off here, Tristan.
5: Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much with Justin on that. I, I think uh, Daryl Ghan is going to win the fight. I think, like he said, you know, he's got too many ways to win. We've seen him win by submission. We've seen him pull decisions. We've seen him knock people out. Uh, Rosenstroke really likes to, you know, he leans on his KOs to get him the wins. And uh, actually, a lot of his KOs, especially in the recent times, have been over people who have been knocked out frequently. Um, So, not that he doesn't have power. I mean, he obviously does. But he's also been knocking out guys that have been frequently knocked out. I just think. Even given the odds, I think the safe bet would be gone. Uh, like they said, though, I probably wouldn't even bet on this fight. But, um, yeah, I think Gon's Gone's going to get it done.
1: The co-main event on this card, uh, that one is uh... – uh, in my inter- in my opinion, a little interesting placement for this one, but it's still a pretty good fight. It's a uh, uh, two hundred five pounds. Nikita Krylov twenty seven and seven takes on fourteen one Magomed and just to get us going on this.
0: This is gonna be a good fight, man. Ankaliev is, is something special. Um, you know, he's coming off of a win over. Uh, let's see, Ankalaev coming off of a win over uh, Kudalobra, where you know they had the rematch from uh, from before. And in this second fight, there was no doubt about you know who who won the original one. Uh, guys got ridiculous power. Um, the only loss in the UFC is is to Paul Craig by submission. Um, you know I don't think that uh, that I don't think that Nikita is is going to be um, the better fighter on the feet. Or on the ground necessarily, but I think that if if he's going to take it somewhere, uh, Krylov I, I think needs to um, work it to the ground and try to get a submission. Um, I think Ankalaev is is the real deal at, at middleweight. All right, Greg, or light heavyweight.
3: Yeah, uh, I just want to look at that. It's another one that I really don't want to pick either side of because uh, you know a, a, a Krylov in the underdog plus two fifty is very appealing, but you know Justin's talking about how great. Ankalaev is, and, and, but minus 3335, I can't get on that. You know, this is number nine versus number 10 in the world here. This is a lot closer, uh, than, than the odds are making it to be. So if you go back and look at Kralov's, uh, pass record before his last two fights, uh, those both went to decision. But before that, every single fight he was in went to, uh, what didn't go past the second round. And then Ankhaliyev, uh, I'm looking at all his fights right here and the majority of his fights, um, a lot of them get finished in the first round, too. So uh, I was wondering if we knew what the, uh, the not go the distance, the, the fight did not go the distance there was. I don't have it right in front of me, Tim.
1: Yeah, I'll tell you uh, right here. Uh, let's see. It looks like, uh, well, Aikolayev is the major favorite here, minus 350. Kralov coming back at plus 290 ish. But uh, the fight not to go the distance. Uh, is minus two hundred the fight to go? The is plus plus one hundred and sixty with the, uh, the 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 median line being uh, looks like uh, two and a half plus uh, over two and a half is plus one fifteen. Well, when that, that seems like that. Me, I think if you if you're thinking about going under, you might as well go under two and a half.
3: I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to go under because I would. I would actually start with that extra two and a half minutes that you got to play with. I would say that it doesn't go the distance because Krylov is uh is crazy man. He he'll knock you out, and, and he I mean he's, he's got that power at lightweight, and and I could see it not happening. Maybe not against uh, Cloud, but he's more of a composed fighter. So I think that in the end he may get the finish in the third round. So I don't think it goes the distance, and it's minus two hundred that I'm willing to bet
1: right there. Okay, uh, and Tristan,
5: uh, yeah, I actually think that. Uh, the Krylov bet with those odds, he, you know, he's he's been in the UFC for a while now. He's so proficient with his chokes. And, I mean, we saw that Paul Craig was able to get a submission off of uh, ankolov So I, I, I think that Krylov is actually a, a good bet with those odds. Um, so I I'm, I would actually take that one.
3: Hey, yeah. I'm, what's up with that? What's up with that bet? Uh, I, I like what I like where Trish is going. at. Where, where we got Krylov by submission. What? What are you? Because he could get caught in a guillotine right there, like you're talking
1: about. That. That, that would be. Uh, yeah, and you know, ain't is a very good grappler, but uh, you know, Krylov uh, by submission is plus nine fifty. <laughs> so very juicy. About it, very juicy. <laughs> that's
0: that's definitely Krylov's yeah, best, best way to win. win.
1: Uh, I'm going to side with uh, you guys too. I got that underdog Krylov at that payoff plus two ninety is just uh, you know with guys in this w- at this level, I feel like uh, th- that's just too wide. I think Krylov can win uh, you know one out of four times, and that's pretty much what I'm sorry. I'll uh, see that be three, three to one is uh, I think he can he could do better than that. He can certainly win uh, more than one yeah one more than one in four times. Um, all right. Uh, next, we have got the uh, feature bout of the evening, and it's the ladies. Uh, pretty interesting one here. It's a 125 pound bout. Uh, Montana De La Rosa, eleven and six, uh, taking on Myra Bueno Silva, who is uh, seven and one. The last time out for uh, De La Rosa, she uh, she lost to Vivian Arizal. She got worked on the feet, if you remember. She's super tough. She had a lot of heart, but she got she got bloodied up. Uh, so she looked to turn around here against Bueno Silva, who uh, beat uh, the Italian Mauro, uh, Mara Marella um, back uh, in September uh, before losing to Mourinho Maros. And uh, let's see. Let's look at the line here, y'all. It is uh, This one is going to be a lot closer. Silva is the favorite, minus 140. De La Rosa coming back, plus 120. Greg, uh, kick us off.
3: This is, uh, is probably going to be a 100% stay away. I was trying to look at uh, past results for uh, Silva. Uh, and I don't know. I don't know. Like you were talking about last time, De La, uh, or who was it, Barella? She beat with the yeah. bar. And then De La Rosa, I'm looking at her. She lost to – who is this, Vivian? On De La the Rosa? Beach, she lost to she, she lost, uh, yeah. uh,
1: Viviani Arijao.
3: Man, I I just I'm telling you what. what well, this is one of the WMMA women, when the women's MMA fights that I don't want to be on either side of because you don't know what's going to happen. If I had to pick a lean, I'd probably go with De La Rosa, uh, just because I'm more familiar with De La Rosa, and 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 that's why I wouldn't want to 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 pick. I uh, uh, I mean, I know the level of competition she's fought is probably a lot higher, but and that's the only reason I would lean that way.
1: All right, Tristan. Yeah, I, I
5: definitely would stay away from this one. These are uh, two females who are very good on the ground. They both get a lot of submission wins. I, I don't really have any way to pick on that one. I would just stay away from it.
1: Yeah, I man, I'm I'm in the same uh, – I'm, I'm with everyone else. This is a pass for me. If you put a gun to my head, I'm going to take De La Rosa here. I just think she's probably the better wrestler. But uh, ultimately, it, yeah, I would certainly not bet the trailer on it. Justin? Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, basically just um, – Second to everything you guys have already said. Um, I would I would probably think De La Rosa just because of the strength of competition and the amount of experience. But um, you know, there's also something to be said about a surging up and comer too. So um, this would be a should be a fun fight to watch.
1: All right. Up next, uh, fight that was supposed to happen last week, and that card probably could have used this fight, uh, but it's happening now, and it's going to be a. It's going to be uh, the uh, the f- eighteen and five young Punisher Pedro Munoz, uh, coming off of a couple losses in a row to Aljamain Sterling and Frankie Edgar, both by decision, and uh, he's going to take on Jimmy Rivera, who is uh, twenty three and four. Jimmy Rivera. Uh, with a win off Cody Statham last uh, looks like last July. Before that, he'd been fighting the top of the division, uh, division though also with uh, losses to Peter Yon, Aljamain Sterling. So these guys have been at the top. This is uh, the people's co-main event, uh, Tristan. Yeah, I, I
5: actually think that Moonhost is going to win this fight. Uh, the odds are pretty close, uh, but I bet on Moonhost. and I definitely think it's going to go the distance. Uh, so Rivera has seen the scorecards in 20 out of 27 bouts. So, I mean, win or lose, he wins a lot more than he loses. But he sees the scorecards in almost all of them, so I think Moonhost probably wins the decision out of that.
1: Yeah, I, I'm with you. Uh, I'm with you there. Uh, the uh, total for or the odds on this one, I should have said uh, Rivera, the uh, the favorite minus 150 Munoz coming back plus 130. I like uh, Munoz at plus money here. I mean, that's 400 dogs in a row. I'm on Shirley. Uh, this, uh, this is gonna be one of those cards. So I've got a lot of underdogs, but sometimes those that works. The total uh, over uh, two and a half is minus 300. So uh, Vegas thinks that it's going the distance too. Uh, but yeah, I go Munoz here. I like that play. Uh, Justin.
0: I think that, uh, you know, I think Rivera is the is the more technical fighter. I think that over a, – a, in a decision, I think I'm going – I would take Rivera. I think that he just has uh, more tools and, um, you know, Rivera at one point was, was on like a 19 or 20 fight win streak. He was the guy coming up and then, you know, he suffered a couple of losses. But now without the, the, the weight of the world on his head and stuff, I think he's uh, going to be performing a lot better. I thought he looked great against Cody Stammen. Um was it? Him? Did he fight Cody Stearns or did Munoz? No, was, it was, was R- yeah. Rivera. Rivera, yeah, yeah, yeah. Be yeah. That's, Cody yeah, that's what I thought. So Rivera, you know, but Munoz is the problem with Munoz is his he is wild and very very powerful. So you know the way he knocked out Garbrandt is kind of got Garbrandt to go into that firefight with him, um, and he landed the bigger shots and and he's super super durable. Um, so. I think that if it goes to a decision, I think Rivera's got it. But I think that uh, if you were willing to play the, the under on that, uh, I, I think Munoz could definitely um, knock knock Jimmy out. Jimmy's been knocked out before. Munoz has never been knocked out. Greg?
3: He literally just uh, talked what I was going to say right there about Munoz has <laughs> never been knocked out because you were sitting there talking about if you were going to pick the under, I was about to say – Oh Contreras right there because we're on Rivera right here, Justin. I thought you know I thought <laughs> we both were, you know I thought we both were on him right there because like I, I'm with you, man. He's uh you know he's had the uh, he he he's uh, I mean I don't know what the power where the power is going to connect. I mean he's got he's got one win over Cody Gar, Curry Garbrandt, and then he lost to Algernon Sterling, which is in the top of the game, and then and then he lost to Frankie Yeager, which we just seen him get handled the other night. But Pedro Minos, you know, stuff is hell. Jim Rivera has been around the block a long time. I'm going to sum this up right here. I'm with you on Rivera. I'm picking my pick for his – my pick is Rivera right there. Uh, By decision, I think there's probably a little bit more juice on there. If you were to pick it by decision, then I would probably take the Rivera by decision.
1: All right, all right. Uh, Moving on here uh, to our next bout on this main card, female action, 115 pounds. Angela overkill Hill, 12 of 9, takes on Ashley Yoder, 8 and 6. The – The odds on this one, Angela Hill, a very heavy favorite, minus 360, with Yoder coming back at plus 300. Um, And it looks like the uh, total is a fight goes to a decision, minus 350. Who doesn't go to a decision, plus 275. Uh, Doesn't look like too many angles to make any money here for me, and uh, I'm not that stoked about this fight. It's a pass. I'll go to you, Justin.
0: Uh, Yeah, I think that Angela Hill is the the striker versus grappler, ultimately. Uh, I think Angela Hill is going to be the – much more well versed striker and Ashley Yoder if she can win is gonna be, you know, on the ground. Uh, Ashley Yoder is, is is very active off of her back. I mean if Angela Hill is smart, she's gonna to try to keep the fight standing. If she drops Yoder, stand her back up, you know, don't dive into her guard. Um, and she should be pretty safe here. But Yoder's an underdog. She, she's alive she's a live underdog, I think, in this fight. Um, you know, an- Angela Hill is she's she's good, but she's definitely beatable. You know, we've seen her, we've seen her take some L's and there's plenty of uh, footage for Yoder to, to dig into, to find out, you know, what exactly caused that to happen in the past. Um, and a lot of those losses, you know, were Angela Hill on the ground. So I think Yoder hasn't has a a chance there. Um, but I don't, I don't necessarily think, I think Angela Hill is going to be smart enough to keep it, uh, on the feet. This is also a short notice fight, uh, for both these girls too. So, um, I'd say cardio is probably not going to be a factor, but uh, you know they, they didn't they haven't been training for three months to fight each other, you know. So keep that in mind.
1: Greg,
3: um, I'm with Justin here. Um, I I think that Yoder on the ground uh, is beneficiary, but, but like I mean, at plus over two seventy five, you're getting odds you know, on your dollar right there against Angela Hill. I'm sorry, but I'm never picking Angela Hill to win.
1: Uh, I'm, I'm an certainly Angela not at hair. minus three sixty.
3: Shit, I don't care if she's minus two hundred or one eighty. I mean, even in a pickem, I don't care if it's a pickem. I'm still looking at the other girl and saying oh, I'm going to lean towards her. And that's always how I have been. And I'm sorry, nothing personal, but I, I don't put my money on Angela Hill. I never will. With that being said, I don't put my money on Ashley Yoder. If I was going to sprinkle something, I would probably say you know a little bitty bit on Ashley Yoder. Don't put nothing that you you ain't gonna be up. You can laugh about later, you know, and say I put this much on her. I'm not going heavy on this fight at all if I even bet on it, but Yoder is is my lean too. Trisha. Hey, oh by the way, oh, you sorry. can take her. I'm uh, sorry if you want if you want some value on Yoder, you can get her for seven thousand on a uh, on DraftKings. That's probably some uh, value, some uh, saver for your uh, for your credit there. That's the only uh, value I see in that fight. Other than that, I'm probably not putting on on it.
1: Hey, I actually like that because if you like, as 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 likely as this fight is to go to a decision, you know. That that price tag isn't going to completely bust, even in a loss. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Tristan, uh, yeah, the odds on this make it really tough. I think you know Angela
5: Hill is coming off two close decision losses in a row, so she's definitely going to be looking to win, coming for redemption. Uh, she does have KO power. I I don't necessarily think she wins this one by KO. Which is why you know the decision is favored, but I mean the only way I would put any money on this is if you had some sort of inkling that Angela Hill was going to knock her out because otherwise these odds are just too
1: big. Yeah, it's out of control, man. Uh, Moving on to uh, the the opening main card bout. Now this the placement is a little funky because there's some better fights on the prelims, but this will be pretty good action, I guess. Featherweights: Alex Casares, Bruce Leroy, seventeen and twelve. Coming into this bout, he's cut his hair, guys. Remember that he's uh, one three in a row, y'all. He's knocking off these young bucks that the uh, UFC stoned at him with a win over Austin Springer last time out, Chase Hooper before that. He'll be taking on uh, the hillbilly heartthrob. Is that his, uh, no, he's the, he's not the heartthrob. He's the hard hitting hillbilly. There's a, there is a hillbilly heartthrob though. Uh, I can't remember his name. Kevin Cream, twenty one and twelve. He is uh, making his no 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 no. He he had a fight. He had a he uh, he had a no contest. Against Roosevelt Roberts back in September, um, in 31 seconds. So I'm not, I can't. Somebody may have to refresh me on
0: exactly what happened there. But you know, I he's a guy that. The- yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, so Kevin Croom took that fight last minute, caught um, Roosevelt Roberts in a, a guillotine, I think, submitted him in 31 seconds. He took the fight on 24 hours' notice. Krum's not in the UFC, not signed. He gets the call, 24 hours notice, takes the fight, wins by submission, fails the drug test for weed, and gets it overturned on a fight that he accepted on 24 hours notice. That's insane. But since then, they have changed the, uh, the bylaws on weed a little bit, so hopefully that won't happen again.
1: No doubt. Uh, Alex Casares is the favorite here minus 210 with cream coming back at plus 175. the uh, the total on this one uh, over two and a half rounds minus 185 coming back at plus 160 for the under. Um, I'll let you start, Justin.
0: Uh, yeah. Alex Casares is a guy who's been around forever. you know he's a, he's a very showy striker. Um, you know he's capable on the ground but he's not a super strong guy. Uh, He's got, you know, decent jujitsu, um, definitely is, is, you know, somebody who's, who's possible to submit. I think that if that's where Krum's, um, out, you know, it's where his, his, uh, his wheelhouse. Yeah. Yeah. That's his wheelhouse and that's his best path to victory, uh, in this fight for sure. Even if, you know, even if he was a better striker, I think that, um, you know, against, against this kind of an opponent, you know, you just take him down and, um, grind him out, I think. And, uh, I think Kroom has a lot of value as the underdog here because Saris is a guy who, like I said, he's been around forever, but he has had flashes of brilliance and followed by very lackluster performances. And, um, you know, Kroom's hungry, man. He just he's just getting here. He's an older guy who uh, I think he's going to take every opportunity that he gets. And uh, he's going in there to fucking fight, you know, Greg.
3: Uh, I'm with you on this. I don't have any huge play on this other than, you know, the hard-hitting hillbilly Kroom. Uh Gostaris has been fighting, you know, the low-level up up-and-comers, and he's been in the game for a while. Uh, now he's fighting another guy with, <laughs> who's been in the game for a while. He's fighting a guy in Kroon with four decision losses, four submission losses, and four TKO losses. And uh, let's just not ruin that record. That's some degenerate shit for you right there. So I'm taking Kroon here with those plus odds. All right, Tristan.
5: Yeah, I think Caceres is going to win. Uh, the odds for that, you know, aren't really good. Uh, I, I have an inkling that he's going to win by submission. So if I was going to make a play, it'd be that. Because I feel I don't know what the odds are, but I have a feeling. I'll tell you,
1: uh, that's there. actually it's actually really nice. Uh, Caceres by submission plus six twenty. Yeah, that's actually, that's that's actually like that's actually real nice. Uh, I'm I'm with you guys. I'm uh, here as far as. Uh, uh, there being a finish, uh, I'm not gonna go. Uh, I'm not gonna go either side, but I do like the under two and a half rounds plus one sixty. Either way, Croom's a guy that gets finished uh, when he loses, and uh, he and he's. a, I feel like he, for the most part he's gonna be looking for the finish, so I'm gonna go under two and a half plus one sixty. And let's uh, move it on to our next bout already. Let's see, we are going to the prelims now, and they're. Uh, there's some pretty good prelims, honestly. Some some fights that are main card worthy. We got uh, lightweights Alexander Hernandez, twelve and three, taking on the fourteen and four Tiago Moises, who um, last time out with the, had the upset over Bobby Green. Remember, you know that uh, that that one sunk my boat that night. That was the one. Uh, and the last time out for uh, Alex Hernandez is a uh, win over Chris Gritzmacher, which is a, that doesn't mean that much. Before that, he, though, he got knocked out. Y'all remember by Drew Dober. And so um, he's looking to climb back up, man. You know he's got that. Uh, you know he had he had a hot streak behind him there for a moment. They had some heat on him, and he's the favorite here. Alex Hernandez minus one ninety. Chalgo Moises plus one sixty five. And uh, it looks like the over two and a half is minus one seventy five. The under two and a half plus one fifty five. Greg.
3: Uh, I was looking at <clears throat> Moises is the uh, let's see his loss or I'm sorry his his wins and he gets a lot, he gets, got five wins by decision. And, and I'm looking at Hernandez's, all his fights, they all, they're all either, they get finished, they don't get finished. They're all in the first and second round. The thing that worries me most about this fight with Hernandez is his gas tank. I mean, that's the thing that worries me most. Uh, he's, he's very strong. He's coming on. He could, he could get a finish right there, with I I know that would be, uh, I mean, what are the odds on the spot right here? They're 195,
1: 155? Uh, yeah, minus 190 Hernandez, plus 165 Mo- uh, Moises. And you can get the fight does not go to a decision at plus 130.
3: I like I like. fight doesn't go to the decision at plus 130. I like that right there.
1: Tristan?
5: Yeah, I agree. I would go with the fight not going to a uh, decision because I think Hernandez is going to win. But the odds on that aren't too good, so I would definitely go with it, not going the decision
1: because I could see Hernandez getting the finish there. Make that three of us here. Uh, I think uh, I, I agree. I think uh, Hernandez is kind of you know he's either going to get finished or he's going to finish, and Moises is going to be going for submissions and things like that. So yeah, I like the um, I'll actually take it one step further and go to under two and a half and juice it up to plus one fifty five,
0: Justin. I think <clears throat> I think Moises is dangerous here. You know he's. he's in his last couple of fights, he's kind of upset um, the apple cart, But uh, Hernandez is the younger, I think, up, up and coming guy. Um, you know, he's been in there with some some tough competition. Hernandez has a knockout over Benil Darius, who's you know top ten guy. And um, so I like Hernandez here, um, but probably somewhere in a parlay, maybe I, it's be hard for me to lay that lay two to one almost on him, um, just because I, I do think that. Tiago Moises is is a a threat on the ground uh, the whole time. Okay, uh,
1: moving on to this next one on the prelims, and uh, Tristan will lead us off on this once I get it pulled back up. I had a different screen up for the odds. Sorry, guys. The the next uh, fight is going to be Alex Oliveira, the Brazilian cowboy. Uh originally supposed to face Randy Brown, and I was I was I was stoked for that matchup. Now he gets the undefeated Ramazan Kura 8-0. Uh guy that's uh, kind of come up on that PFL scene, and uh he beat a guy that we're familiar with here locally, Robert Hale. Um uh, Tristan, I'll let you get us going. Hold on, actually, let me get the 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 odds out there for this one, and uh let's we'll see. Oh man, it's not um what are they? okay? I'm sorry. Apologies. This is pretty much the most closely lined fight on the card, guys. Uh, Kuramaga Medoff is the oh so slight favorite, minus one fifteen. Oliveira plus one hundred five. I'm sorry, minus one hundred five in some places, to plus one hundred five in some places. And the total is over two and a half rounds, minus one twenty five. Under two and a half rounds, plus one hundred five. And you can't get odds uh, yet on uh, lower, lesser rounds uh, than that. Um, uh, Tristan what has got
5: yeah uh, <laughs> with the late notice you know I'm not super familiar with uh, Ramazan you know we've seen Alex Oliveira fight everybody with you know those kind of odds I, I probably wouldn't put anything down on this uh, unless you know something more about uh, Ramazan Kermagomedov just from seeing him in the past but I'm not super familiar with him so I wouldn't throw anything
2: down on this
1: well, he's a grinder. I know. You know. He's 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 a grinder wrestler. Uh, but to me, this line feels a little uh, disrespectful to uh, to the cowboy man. Uh, he, he's he's fought man to the best of the world. He not and he has his off nights and he has his good nights. But you know, making him a pick him against the guy making his debut in the UFC 8 no, feels disrespectful. And uh, and I'm going with the cowboy here. I'm going with the
0: cowboy at even money, uh, Justin. One thing that may be a factor. I think that. Um uh, Ramazan has fought middleweight some, uh, you know. Alex Oliveira has fought 55 some. So there could be a, a side size discrepancy here. Um, as far as stylistically, I think you know, just judging by his name, Kirimaganametov, he's probably going to be trying to to wrestle uh, Oliveira the whole time, and that's that's definitely not Oliveira's game. He wants to get some distance and um, do some striking. So you know that's probably why the line is as close it is, as it is um, but I agree it's it's crazy to see somebody making their UFC debut um, and and be favored over a guy like this. you know he's eight 0 I mean you know it's not like he's got this you know 35 and record or some crazy thing but, um, but yeah I like I like Oliveira, but I, I probably would stay away from that fight just because I definitely could see it being him getting ground down the whole time. Greg,
3: I don't know how I see this fight laying out because Oliveira uh, hasn't, you know, lately he's been, you know, like you said, he's hit or miss. Sometimes he's been gassing, he's been winning, he's been gassing. I mean, he got out. He got. I mean, no offense to Mike Perry, but he got beat by Mike Perry, you know, and we and you know. You coming in with there with somebody who can scrap like that? You're talking about a Russian here that's coming out that doesn't know how to lose yet professionally. He has a few losses on his amateur career, but with that being said, he has fought somebody around here in the regional team that we do know. And, and again, no disrespect to Robert Hell, but you he, he went to decision with Robert Hell, and he was five and two at the time. And uh, now you're now you're making the jump four fights later to you know. In my opinion, I think you know this vet's been around a long time. Like Tim said, this is kind of disrespectful to be at a picking with a guy who's a you know prospect, upcoming up and comer
1: in a two week notice.
3: Said, yeah, with that being said, though, ain't neither one of these guys really getting a favor here. I think uh, this is a tough fight for both guys. I don't how many more spots are on Olivera's contract, and I don't have any kind of a no win for him. Yeah, for either guy, I mean, like, I mean, that's
1: a – Oh, no, there's a lot for – I think I Karmaga Medoff gains a lot coming in and knocking off Cowboy in his debut. But for Cowboy, there's really not a whole lot, you know, the juice isn't really worth the squeeze.
3: With that being said, you know, Karmaga I can't even pronounce his name. Karmaga Medoff. He – I mean, if he comes in and loses – he takes his first loss in the USC, and it's against uh, a very well-known guy. And everybody's just going to, you know, understand that one, if it happens, you know, I'm saying he's not, no, neither one guy is getting a good favor here or a tune-up hot spot. Uh, I'm going to put my the little bit of money that I am going to put on. It, it's going to be on a uh, Olivera just because just because we know, we know where he's coming from. And, uh, that's just where I feel comfortable laying it.
1: All right. All right. Um, uh... So, uh, that brings us to our next one. That is going to be, uh, the ladies, uh, female about one thirty-five. Alexis Davis, 19 and 10 takes on the, uh, Sabina Mazo, the prospect nine and one in some flyweight action. And, uh, you know, this is one that, uh, this is one that is uh, another lesser uh, lesser in the rankings uh, for the for these ladies it's Sabina Mazo minus 210 the veteran Alexis Davis back at plus 175 and uh, the total this fight goes the distance minus 335 fight doesn't go the distance plus 255. I don't like any of this it's all a pass to me Justin
0: yeah I think uh, you know Alexis Davis is a girl that's been around forever man she's kind of a pioneer for women's mixed martial arts. Uh, Mazo is, you know, an up and comer, nine and one. Um, no real lean in this fight either way. I'm not too interested in it. Uh, but uh, you know, I think you know, obviously they're pushing Mazo, uh, and that's who they want to win. Um, but again, Alexa Davis has been there for a really long time, so she's going to be crafty. She's, she's not going to be easy to get out of there. Greg,
3: uh, I agree with with Justin there. My lean is on the Colombian queen there, Mazo. Not for any real other reason than for, for the fact that they're trying to pull, uh, push this Colombian fighter. You know, she's a young prospect, 23 years old. You know, I think that uh, you know uh, Alexis Davis, 36. We could say she's on her way out, but who knows? These days, when they bring back the WMA women's come they come back at 40 years old. But uh, I don't think that they're trying to um, build Alexis Davis right now, since so she's being set to lose here. You know, so I'm going Mazo the- Tristan.
5: Yeah, I, I mean, I think Mays is a great prospect. Um, she's definitely set up to win this fight. They're hoping that it's a good showcase for. Her. But as, as an underdog bet, you know, uh, especially with her submission game, I could see uh, Alexis Davis pulling this off. Uh, so I'd probably put my bet on that by submission.
1: All right, up next we've got light heavyweights. Uh, and these guys, these are some. Uh, these guys are some some hitters, man. Alonzo Minifield, nine and two. Um, taking on William Knight nine and one. These are, these guys are both uh, put together. They're both athletic guys, and uh, they both come off the contender series. I think this is a pickem. This is a pick-em fight. Both guys minus one ten. The over under is over one and a half
0: rounds minus one forty. Under one and a half rounds plus one twenty. Just uh, you will start us off. Man, this is going to be a a really fun fight to get the card started. I think you're going to probably see a, a knockout early. Like you said, both these guys big hitters. Uh, William Knight coming, you know, he's on a, on a streak, um, coming off several wins in a row now. Alonzo Menafield's coming off of a couple of losses, you know. We saw Ovince uh, K O M and uh, and then he lost prior to that. I think he lost the decision as well. So, um, you know, Alonzo is he he's the guy who who needs the win here uh, more so. I think um, you know if anybody is fighting for their job, it's going to be him. Um, but. That I believe that's that's going to make for a really good fight. I think William Knight is a superb athlete, um, and we'll just see if his chin can hold up. That's my only question on William Knight is I'm not sure um, how he how he's going to look when he gets his chin tested a little bit. Uh, but Alonzo's probably going to test it, so we'll find out. Greg.
3: Um. I've seen that both guys here are extremely athletic, but I have lost all faith in Alonzo Minifield doing anything in the UFC period. Uh, I was looking at both of these guys on draft team. They're right next to each other. This is one of those ones that I thought that if you might pick would get a finish and get on the, you know, the big one, win that 100000 on it. But then I thought about it, and uh, Alonzo minifield if you don't get a finish like in the first two minutes or something like that, he gashes out, and he is just a damn uh, statue that just absorbs hits and he doesn't go out. I mean, I don't know how, uh, OSP was one finished him. Like he just cracked him because Alonzo decided to charge in, uh, with that being said, William, Knight, not, I don't see him. Uh, I don't see him charging in. I don't see Alonzo charging in. He know, like you said, Justin, he's got, he's got a lot to lose here. He's got to get that win. I don't think he's going to go out balls out to the wall. Um, uh, but uh, and William Not, you know, I don't know that anybody does get taken down in this in this fight because both guys are big enough to stop that other guy's takedown. So we're going to see a standing a standing battle. But I think that it's, this one probably could end up going to the distance. And if it does go the distance, I mean, if it goes because if I, if I think Minnesota wins, he wins early knockout. If it goes past that, William Knott picks him apart, wins by decision. What's the prop prop bet on decision
1: for William Not? Fight does not go to decision. And and William Knight finishes inside the distance. Essential, you're saying? Then that no, is no, plus. No. Or you want to go the to go the distance all the way is plus one eighty.
3: Plus one eighty. But what about what about not by decision?
1: Minus two forty.
3: Not by decision.
1: Fight doesn't go to decision. Minus two forty. No, no,
3: no. William Knight. William Knight by decision.
1: William Knight by decision. I'm sorry. Uh, let's see. That's plus three twenty five.
3: I'll sprinkle a little bit on that, but my lane is not for that fight.
1: All right, Tristan?
5: Yeah, I, I I agree there. I think if you were going to make a bet, I'd probably jump on that night by decision at those odds. I think that's pretty good. Uh, like they said, Minifield has been one to gas out, and he hasn't done a whole lot in the UFC. Uh, if he does lose this one, I don't really know where he goes from here, but I don't see him pulling it off. Uh, I, th- I think William Knight wins this one.
1: I'm with Knight as well. I think that it's going to be one of those situations where Minifield tries to, to fight smart and keep him off of him, fight at distance a little bit. But then as the fight wears on, if Minifield begins to gas at all, he's not going to be able to keep Knight off of him, and Knight is going to hit him with something. And I actually think he'll finish him personally, but I'm only saying William Knight. I'm not going with a the- a method. Uh, let's go on to uh, only two fights left, guys, and this is the one I'm most excited for. Uh, this is a, a bantamweight bout. Ronnie, the Heat Lawrence, making his UFC de- uh, UFC debut after after a stellar performance on the Contender Series. Six and one as a pro, former Valor professional uh, bantamweight champion, and uh, just a. Man, just a stud. Uh, awesome to watch. He's uh, very well-rounded. He's got good wrestling. He can strike. His striking is very unorthodox, and it's hard to handle. Uh, he uh, He's uh, going to be making his very first UFC uh, fight, though. And after his Contender Series fight, Dana said, hey, kid, you know, you've got something special. For Dana to say that, that uh, pretty much says all you need to know. He's taking on the 7-3 and three Hawaiian Vince Kishara, who lost to Jamal Emmers in his UFC debut back in August, and uh, he is uh, the the underdog here. Ronnie is a modest favorite, minus 160. Cachero coming back at plus 140, and uh, we'll start off with Greg. Oh, man, this is another
3: one of my big ones for the night. This is always the one that, and, and for the past few weeks, and I, I'm not trying to jinx it, but uh, Ryan Lawrence is my pick my pick, and I'm not saying he's my law but he is my pick for the night. I want to know what his is. Uh, his his uh, the win-by-decision prop is right there because I don't know that he finished. Oh, yeah, I didn't wins. say that.
1: The fight goes to the decision is minus 240, not go to decision plus 185. Ronnie Lawrence, by decision, is uh, plus 125.
3: Plus one. I love that because I can see – another another thing I love about Ronnie Lawrence is, uh, is that I was going to mention, I can see him at 8,600 on DraftKings you are scoring a total different now. You can get cage control, cage control, and ground control now, and you're going to rack up points. And Ronnie Lawrence and his contender series—I don't know how many takedowns he got, but I plan on him doing the same thing here uh, against the number 146 featherweight in the world when he is number one bantamweight out of Tennessee, right here, right here in the home home team. I'm I'm ready to see Lawrence do some shit here,
1: Tristan.
5: Yeah, I've got Lawrence in this one. Uh, I think he's a favorite for a good reason. Um you know, I I could see it going to decision. I could see it by finish. But uh, I think he's the one who's going to get it done regardless of how it ends.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm on Lawrence here as well, and uh, and happily so. And not just from a homer standpoint, man. I really like it. And I think minus 160 is not a bad line. I uh, would lean to the decision like Greg, but well, not pigeonhole myself into that. And we'll just take Ronnie Lawrence. Justin.
0: I would take Ryan Lawrence by finish. Uh, I think he's going to be, you know, Ryan Lawrence is a dude that's very hungry and motivated, and, he, you know, he's going to be coming out there looking to hurt this guy, and um, he is a finisher. You know, he's he's got some, some real tricks up his sleeve, um, so that would be my play.
1: All right, last fight, and uh, we're out of here, guys. This is the uh, curtain jerker, though. On the evening, and if I'm not mistaken, it came together a little bit late. It is 2.05, but it's kind of interesting. 2.05 by a light heavyweight Dustin Jacoby, 13-5, takes on Maxime Grishin. Uh, The uh, Russian vet is 31-8-2. And uh, Jacoby, you know, he's got a lot of kickboxing experience as well. And uh, looking at this line, Jacoby's the favorite, minus 170, with Grishin coming back at plus 150. And the uh, total is over two and a half rounds, minus 130, under two and a half, plus 110. Tristan, you'll start us off for this last one.
5: Yeah, I'm actually really excited for this one. Uh, you know, Justin Jacoby has a lot of kickboxing experience. Uh, they actually both have fought some pretty high-level people uh, in their past. Dustin Jacoby's fought uh, King Mo over in Bellator, and then um, Maxim Grisham has also—he fought Ankolyev, who's fighting in the co-main event. Both of them, you know, lost those fights against big competition. Uh, with Grisham being the underdog, I'd probably take that bet uh, just for the odds. But I really could see either person getting this done. They both have had. You know, kind of similar careers, and that they haven't really won against big competition. So it'll be interesting to see who kind of pulls this one off.
1: Yeah, I've I've got a hard time making a play on this one. I don't have a really strong lean um, either way, to tell you the truth. And uh, if I if I had to give uh, any sort of lean, I would say over uh, the over two and a half rounds minus one thirty. Not uh, overall, I'll likely pass and enjoy this one, uh, Justin.
0: Yeah, I don't have a. Not a lot on this one. I'm not a big fan of, of Dustin Jacoby. I think that he should be able to win this fight, but he just seems uh, to underwhelm me every time. Uh, Maxime Grisham, you know, obviously he's got tons of experience and uh, that that always plays a factor in the fight, so uh, probably wouldn't bet on this one at all.
1: Greg, that's it. Last one.
3: Uh, I'm, I'm with Justin on here. I'd probably lean in more towards Jacoby. Uh, he's Thirteen and five. He's fighting the more vetted Maxim Grisham. Uh, the only the only advantage, advantage I see for Jacoby is a is a two inch reach advantage of 78 inches. Uh, nothing nothing really to go off of. The only thing I'm going to say that uh, usually on these first fights we've been seeing a lot of finishes, and uh, and usually because, and the reason I know that is because I've been seeing the very first fight it ends up on the you know the number one lineup on DraftKings and they're taking home that six figure number. And then at the end of the day. So, with that being said, I think that this one won't go the distance. I don't think a lot of these do go the distance. I think it's going to be one of those. If we had to pick uh, how many go over and under for the finish, I would pick the over. Like, over half of these are going to get finished. And we're going to be in for an entertaining fight night.
1: All right, folks. That'll do it. And uh, make with this information what you will, uh, fade or follow at your leisure or at your peril. Uh, you know, as for uh, for my plays, as of lately, you probably fade me. But uh, some of these guys are doing all right. Uh, we appreciate our guests for joining us tonight. That's going to wrap up the show. Uh, you know, thanks so much to both uh, Samaj Portis and Brandon McGee ahead of their fights next weekend. Thank you, Patricia Scarborough, for sitting in this week and chatting some UFC. It was a lot of fun. And of course, thanks as always to Greg Hopkins and Justin Watson, my co-host. And thank you you for listening out there. Make sure you like and subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to it. And until uh, then, we'll see you guys next week. Best of luck. I'm Jerry P. Tuck, CEO of Radio Influence. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for downloading and subscribing to this podcast.